Hello, this is Christy Kendall with Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today, we have Danny with us. She is a visionary, entertainer, sustainability activist, and entrepreneur whose latest project is a social circus named Circle Twerkin'. Say that really fast a whole bunch of times. That is manifesting authentic connections plus elevating bodily integrity. Social Circus is 100% free at the point of access, which makes it available to all, even the poorest people. It is a life-saving service that helps participants prevent, transform, and overcome bodily integrity violations. So that was a lot, but welcome. We are super happy to have you here. You have been a joy and a pleasure to talk to. And I wanted you on here uh, because your message is important and extremely important, but also vulnerability point is it was awkward and made me look at myself a little bit when I first, you know, we first connected. I was like, what does this mean? What is this? Am I going to offend somebody? Am I going to do or say something offensive? And so I was a little on the shaky side and and that made me want to do it because anything that makes me look at myself, (laughs) I want to face it full on. So that's my um, vulnerability point with you, but it has been a pleasure and enlightening talking to you. So share with me a little bit about your journey and we'll talk more because this, this, um, circle twerking thing we got to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is so great. Thank you for having me on here. First of all, it's, this has been really exciting to connect with you and just start building my community and, you know, getting this message out there has been really exciting. Um, you know, it's something that impacts everybody and it's impacted my life and the lives of my family, you know, for generations and women, uh, all over. <laughs> yeah, women men, children, everybody. Yeah. And even if you want to get really deep down into it, even the non-human critters are impacted by this because I mean, God, that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we probably don't even have time to go down. Um, but so basically, whenever uh, I started really going forward with my journey as an entrepreneur and trying to create abundance in my life, it was to save my children from living a life in state's custody. And so I decided to I got into adult entertainment and, um, but my thing was like, cause I'm a very shy person. And so I was like, I want to, you know, I knew that I could create abundance in that industry, but I was like, I have to have like my security blanket of my hula hoops. If I was going to have the confidence to be able to do it. And so I had to do it. I knew that I had to make the money and make the abundance to be able to get through that struggle and that journey. And so I took my hula hoops along with me and I mean, it just, it went incredibly well, needless to say. Um, and there was a lot of challenges along the way, but then COVID happened and everything got shut down and I was like, what am I going to do? You know, the clubs were shut down. Like I lost my income overnight, 
but I still had my passion for hula hoops, obviously. And there was a lot of other, you know, the veil was being lifted on a lot of different things relating to bodily integrity throughout this whole past two years. And I was hula hooping in the yard at my uh, little tiny cabin homestead on Short Mountain, like during shutdown. And well, actually, no, it was before shutdown because the name Circle Twerking came to me because I was learning to twerk, you know, working at the clubs and it was healing my body. So I was like, oh my goodness, you know, we're taught that this is like, I hate to even use this word, but you're taught that like twerking is something that like ratchets just do in clubs and that there's no value to it. But I was finding a lot of value in it. I was literally healing a lot of different issues that I had stemming from those violations of bodily integrity that I had experienced throughout my life. And twerking was helping me transmute and overcome those problems. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. I have yeah. to tell people. About it. So we'll talk more about that, um, that healing aspect. And I have lots of questions for you. So we're going to start with pulling a card. These are my question cards. And we don't know what we're going to get, but we're going for it. Okay. Okay. This is interesting. What's one piece of advice you really think I want to give you? Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I do not know how to answer that. <laughs> as vulnerable as you can. Like, we don't know each other very well, but we have a lot of assumptions because that's what people do. Um. I would say that you would probably tell me that maybe I need to rethink my branding and, and change the name of my project because that's <laughs> what a lot of people tell me. Okay. They're like, they're like twerking. No, you can't, you can't call yourself circle twerking. Like you're not going to have any support. People are going to turn the other way. They're not going to support that. I hear that all the time. I'm, I'm usually the opposite. I'm usually like, Oh, you're triggering things. Let's go face it straight. Let's dive right into that and use it and be bold with it. Uh, so I love that. It's good. This is great. It shows you like what we see in people or assume, you know, assumptions are a big deal. I wrote a book called the seven elements of alignment. One of the elements of alignment is assumptions. Um, so it's That's good. Amazing. This is a good topic. Yeah. So thank you for that, for being real with that. Uh, let's go straight into what in the heck is this bodily integrity stuff? So bodily integrity just means that individuals own their body. Nobody else has the right to coerce or do anything to another person's body. That's not fully informed consent. And by fully informed, that means that the person has to be completely aware of risks, benefits, everything and there can be no manipulation because then that's not fully informed consent mm -hmm. yeah it's a word that you know I I mean it obviously has its own you can listen to it and it makes sense right bodily integrity um but then as I sat with it and I thought what kind of questions am I going to ask this woman and what are we going to talk about and how is this going to go the more I just started thinking it's 
it's showing up in the universe right now for a reason. And there's all these, you know, this conversation, political stuff. And I, I don't talk politics on any level, but we are talking to healers and transformational people. So all of them are going to be very pro bodily integrity. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a word that we, now you've given complete and total um, definition to and awareness to. What do you want to do with that? Um, the main goal is obviously to prevent those violations. Um, my aunt, actually, I had a really good long conversation with her over the phone the other day. Her opinion was that I don't need to be focused on preventing because hardship builds resilience was her opinion. And I was just like, I don't really agree with that. I mean, yes, like you need to be able to build resilience, but do we really need to have people going through all of these unnecessary violations in order to do that? So that tells me where she is in her mindset and her emotional maturity. When you look at that, at the depth of that, we need hardship to build resilience. So basically you need to be raped to be able to be resilient. Right. That's, that's, that's right here. Yeah. And so, but that belief system is in the consciousness of our, if she said it, she's not the only one who thinks that. Yeah. Right. So, so this is, this is kind of one of those, like we could take this in super many directions. Um, and it's obviously a vulnerable conversation. So we'll just be real and raw. Why are you passionate about bodily integrity? Why is it so important to you? And I'll share too. Because it's impacted my life. I've experienced it over and over and over on many different levels. And it's just like, had there just been just even the most basic form of awareness and knowledge in my life, you know, from childhood on up, like my life, I mean, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it today. Probably not, but I would have rather not gone through all of that, you know? Yeah. Or we might be talking about something else. <laughs> so, yeah. it, you know, um, when you brought it up, when I met you and you said this word brought these two words, bodily integrity, I, I knew what it meant. I didn't know the whole context of it, but I started thinking about, you know, when you've been violated, sexually violated or otherwise, when you're little, it creates this twist in your mindset about how, and it also a tolerance of how you're treated in multiple ways as you grow up. It is the deepest form of damage to self-esteem that I've seen. And I've coached for 15 years. I have coached healers of trauma, childhood trauma, sexual abuse, and domestic violence. Um, I don't focus that direction anymore because I, I don't want to be in that energy anymore. It's, it's a lot as a healer to heal, hear those stories regularly. And I have a lot of training and a lot of skills to handle it, but sometimes even my PTSD can be triggered by somebody's story. And so when I'm when I was, you know, thinking about doing this podcast, I'm like, I don't want to trigger people's PTSD. 
but I want to be real and I want to be raw and I want to talk about this real thing that happens. One in three reported, report, this is reported, one in three girls are molested by the time they're like 18 or 16 or some number like that. I haven't looked that up for a long time. One in three, what is it 18? One in three. And I you have used to have a whole course for, for women of childhood trauma, sexual abuse, and domestic violence. And so I, I've done all this research on these statistics, but when you think about that, one in three, one in three, <laughs> that's what's reported. To me, when I look at that's just what's reported, I think every single woman has experienced some sort of invasion of her body and her self in some way by the time she's 18 years old. And even further than that with um, boys, you know, it's not reported nearly as much as the girls, but nearly every man that I've ever known, gotten close to, had conversations with, they've all experienced it too. Every one of them. I can say that doesn't surprise me. Um, I've had conversations with, people close to my life. I I dated a guy who told me about a babysitter that did many things to him, but he sat there and laughed. So it didn't feel heavy. And, but as I sat with it and thought about it longer and longer and longer, I'm like, because their boys are programmed differently. They're Mm -hmm. programmed that that's, you know, that there's something because of that, or, you know, it gives them some, it's, it, it affects them differently, but it does deeply affect them. And then there is trauma in there. Yeah. They handle it different. And I, I don't want to like really focus on mm-hmm. necessarily working with people after the fact, my whole goal is prevention, prevention, prevention. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I agree. So prevention with prevention comes awareness and education, right? So knowing it, understanding it's a problem. And if you've experienced it and I've worked with so many women who have, and I'm sure many women who are listening to this have, Let's have you educate us on this prevention. How can this awareness and this education that we have and what can we do with it to prevent it? And then you can share with us how um, your project is creating that, that prevention. Yeah, so the I'll give you all the two from the research that I've done and from, because I've implemented these things into my own life and I've seen powerful results from it. So the two most effective ways to prevent are number one, educate your children. Like from the time they are talking, you need to be educating them in age appropriate ways, of course. So like when they're first talking, teaching them proper names of body parts is a big thing. Um, The other way is to have the conversation with the adults. Any adult that is, has any access to a child whatsoever needs to know that this stuff is in the awareness because that's going to let them know that any, if anything happens, it's not going to be hidden. It's going to come to light and that's going to keep people from acting in ways, you know, that they might act if they knew they could get away with it. Well, because a predator knows who their prey is and their prey is not a confident child who looks you in the eye and says, hello, and remembers your name and 
is confident in who they are and can say no or yes, or I will tell my mother and they know that their mother has their back. So that's not a prey. That's not their prey. Their prey is the uninformed, uneducated, quiet child with no support or support that will question the child, the child's questions themselves. I'm sure you have a lot more than I do on that. But um, so what you're saying is like huge, raise a confident child and believe them. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. an informed child will be more confident. Yes, mm-hmm. completely. And then, um, so what, how I'm using that with the social circus is basically the circus, the practice of the circus art is just a way to build those connections and then to build that community and then to be able to segue that into having these conversations with more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conversations need to be had as uncomfortable as it is I was very afraid to do this I was like you know talking about this stuff and you can say the wrong thing and you can this and that but the the thing is I'm willing to say the wrong thing if it brings education and awareness if it brings enlightenment if it brings somebody to say I was afraid of saying that too but I didn't know or um you know permission to somebody else to say you know what this was, this happened and I didn't understand it or, you know, so many different things, but, but even as, uh, you know, thinking of, of this being a message and educational and, um, finding the point of, of prevention. And I like that you brought up men with it because we teach women, well, be careful, be safe, take your, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But the conversation isn't to men, make sure a woman doesn't walk by herself, make sure you're creating safety, make sure, you know what I mean? Like the conversation needs to be a different direction as well. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Um, like, so explain what you mean further about the conversation with men. So what I was, what I'm trying to get at is the conversation about women need to be safe. Keep yourself safe. Don't do these things. Don't act like this. Don't put yourself here. Don't do that. There's so much of that. Oh, and then that's that, putting, yeah. And then that's putting the, uh, what's the word? Boys. It, it feels like the boys will be boys conversation. Boys will be boys. So be careful. Yeah. And it's making it like it's, somehow their fault like that you have control over another person's actions and that's ridiculous don't wear leggings i i i heard somebody post make a comment on um facebook one day about leggings like it was their religious belief that you shouldn't wear leggings and they were said something about a woman wearing leggings and i freaked the f out like um shouldn't you be checking yourself if you have a problem with like it blew my mind and I had no ability to like articulate what I was picking up on or feeling, but okay, so that's here's what that reminds me of. Here's Don't how I always, you might see your butt cheeks. <laughs> oh my God, that is so crazy that you bring that up. So here's how I articulate that. When I go out in the streets to demonstrate and to raise awareness, I take signs with me that say twerking is not an invitation. Yeah. And because it's like people assume that, you know, we've been told that twerking is this sexual seductive thing. And if you look at the history of it, 
it had nothing to do with seduction. It was done in women's circles. It was a celebratory, joyful thing. And I've even heard people say that their mothers would twerk to gospel music. It was never seen as anything other than just movement, you know, from the culture where it originated. Mm-hmm. It's been twisted. And now people think they see somebody doing that and they're like, oh, well, that's my invitation to go up and sexually harass them. Or beliefs about that type, quote unquote, type of woman. Mm-hmm. And then if she's that type, then they can do whatever they want to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my punchline. Twerking is not an invitation. Yeah, that's great. Leggings are not an invitation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Tell me about how you came up with the name Circle Twerking. (laughs) Oh, so like I was saying earlier, I was just, I was in my yard. I was hula hooping and I was twerking. And it literally just came to me in that meditative space And as soon as I had that download, I was like, this is it. This is what I have to call this. Yeah, I like it because it it is connected to the hula hoop, the hula hoop circle. And Mm -hmm. I get that. But you call your project the circle, uh, the social circle. And so I wasn't sure if it was connected to one versus the other, but it kind of fits both. Oh, well, so the it's social circus is just... um, that's actually, I didn't create that. The social circus is actually a global thing. Okay. There are, yeah, there are social circuses all over the world. A lot of them actually work with survivors of um, natural disaster and war. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot of international social circuses that work with children that have been through war zones. Wow. That's and really- they are having great success like helping those children become resilient to what they've been through, through circus. That's cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, circus, the circus, you know, I grew up in a little town and so the circus would come, you know, when you think of the acrobats and the, all of those things, I think probably we all had some secret desire to be an acrobat (laughs) when we're little. (laughs) Tell, Tell me how you got, how you found this avenue. I know you said you, you were involved in the, you got kind of involved in the entertainment industry, but how did it merge? Well, so I've been hula hooping since I was a child. I actually recently found pictures um, in my mom's like stockpile of like, you know, childhood and family photos. And it was pictures of me, my younger sister and all of our little girlfriends at my sister's birthday party. And we all had hula hoops. And I was always like, the best one at keeping the hula hoop going like I could keep it around my waist and just keep it going forever and ever so but then you know you kind of grow up and you kind of grow out of stuff like that so when I was about I think I was about 20 years old um a friend of mine I started kind of like meeting hippies and kind of getting into the hippie lifestyle I guess you could call Mm it um so hula hooping is really big in the hippie communities And uh, this guy, Daniel LaFont, he had this green um, practice hula hoop. Like it was this massive thing. I had never seen this type of a hula hoop. It was just massive. Like, and he gave it to me to learn and to practice with, but I never really did anything with it. I kind of just like stuck it in a closet and forgot about it. 
well, then about it, maybe that same year or maybe like a year later, me and my younger sister went to this like little rave, I guess you could call it in our hometown. And there was some like go-go style dancer, like hula hoop dancer hype girls that were on stage with one of the DJs and they were selling homemade hula hoops. And so my sister bought me one. So then that one went in the back of the closet with the other one. And it wasn't until probably, I would say four years later, um, a friend of mine or one of my best friends at the time, he met the love of his life and he brought her to my hometown to meet, you know, everybody. And we were all hanging out that night and we were actually, we were on a visionary journey, I'll say. And Amanda, the best friend's love, she had this really expensive, they're called smart hoops. And so smart hoops are like LED hula hoops that have like thousands of different light show combinations that you can do. And so right as I was reaching like the pinnacle of my visionary journey that night, I stumbled upon her smart hoop. And I turned the lights on and just got lost. And I have hula hooped pretty much every day since then. That was in 2014. That's cool. I like that. I need to see one of those. We need to see your stuff. Where do we, where do we find your, find you out there in this world? So my website is www.dannyalchemy.com. And Danny, it's spelled a little funny. It's actually got two eyes, so it's D-A-N-I-I, alchemy.com, and that links to all of my social media channels. Okay, I'll put that in the description of the show so we can, so everyone can come see you. (laughs) So then, I mean, I was probably training every day with the hula hoops for about a year, and then that's when I decided to get into the entertainment industry and take the hula hoop along with me and Um, I had been teaching kids in the neighborhood, like we lived in a, not the best neighborhood at the time. And the hula hoops were making a really positive impact on the kids in that neighborhood. And so then whenever I went into the entertainment industry, it just continued making an impact. People were just mesmerized by the hula hoops and, uh, it's just grown and grown and grown. It's been so wild. Like the things that those hula hoops have taken me, like the experiences that they have carried me to. Yeah. I can see that being a big thing with the kids, you know, kids love. Kids are are my number one fan. It's so crazy. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, everybody could hula hoop except for me. <laughs> I could never hula. I could do it with my neck, but I couldn't do it with my body. <laughs> secrets to it. You have to have the right sized hula hoop for your height. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So like for your beginner size, you, if you set the hoop on the ground at your feet, you want the top of the hoop to reach at least to your belly button. Okay. That's, good that's your beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got me, now you got me thinking about this. We gotta, we gotta do this. (laughs) So we had talked about philanthropy before we got on here. Tell me a little bit about the philanthropy aspect of this project. So 
So Social Circus, the whole purpose behind it is that it's 100% free at its point of access. Like obviously circus equipment and like everything involved in teaching classes and traveling, like that all costs money. But for the participants that are in need of the service, they don't have to pay anything. It's 100% free at their point of access. And so basically what that means is that other people in the community have to get involved because we have to make this service available to people that are in poverty and especially to people that are illiterate. It works very well with people without literacy skills because you don't have to have literacy skills to learn hula hoop skills. Mm -hmm. So it's just all about the the podcast I had before you talked about play being playful and bringing mm-hmm. play and fun and games back into our lives and mm-hmm. and connection and community and it feels yeah. like this is connective and builds community and creates connection for all ages as yeah. well as bringing awareness and a message and confidence to these kids. Absolutely. That's, that's the main thing is building the connections in the community and then using those connections to, you know, educate people and to, to create confidence. So if people want to be involved, how can they get involved and what aspect can they get involved in with this? So basically I do have a GoFundMe set up for the social circus specifically. And that is on my website. It says support social circus. And you can just click on that. You can donate to the GoFundMe. Um, You can always send direct donations to me on Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. And if somebody wants to support you financially or otherwise, so financially we have that avenue. um, What's other ways that they can get involved? So uh, I do offer actual bookings for like full like custom stage shows. Um, That's like my business side. So I do still entertain full time. Uh, I don't do adult entertaining anymore. I retired from that um, April of 2021. So now I'm just doing like regular circus entertaining, circus style entertaining with the hula hoops. So um, basically, if you want to see if you're in alignment with, you know, hiring me to do that, you would go to my website and click on let's align and set up a discovery call to see if you know, we can work together. And if somebody believes in your cause um, and wants to be involved in it, what are those options? Um, Oh, another option that I didn't mention is that I do have an Amazon list set up for the social circus specifically. So any purchases from the Amazon list are supporting that philanthropy directly. Like that's stuff that I need to be able to like, props you know we do shows like after they've learned the skills then we put on like a little I guess it would be called like a like a recital um and so like everything that's on that list is going to support all of those different things so bringing bringing that to kids like giving them hula hoops or Yes, like I need hula hoops, obviously. Um, I actually am partnered with a business in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and her business is called Hoop Junkie. That's who I get all of my hula hoops from. Um, Any purchases of hula hoops from her could be mailed to me at my P.O. Box, and that's P.O. Box 7, Liberty, Tennessee, 37095. We'll put that in in the description as well. 
So this is great. Um, I think we've gotten good knowledge. I think we have some awareness, um, some understanding of how we can help and bring awareness for others and be involved in this. Uh, is there anything else you wanna share with us? Just that I'm really excited to be like talking with you and doing this. This is awesome. Like, it's so crazy because like I had been doing other things. I was trying to do affiliate marketing and um, I was just trying to do all these other little things. And so I wasn't fully focused on one thing. And when I finally decided to like focus on circus and specifically the social circus aspect of it, a hundred percent, I mean, it's just been like, everything has been aligned and falling into place so rapidly. Yeah. We didn't really get it. We didn't really go into the healing aspect of, of the twerking and the hula hooping itself. Um, I, well, because I'm really trying to focus on like, like, obviously if people have been through stuff and they want that to be able to use that as a platform to transform and heal themselves, you know, I'm willing to do that. Um, but that's just kind of been something that has helped me personally, you know, like it literally helps me every day to this day, maintain my health and just keep moving forward. So, yeah, but obviously um, I don't, I don't want kids to have to like need that healing of their sexual energy. Like I'd rather prevent it. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, as far as the healing aspect or just even the entertainment aspect, um, I have a lot of girls, a lot of clients, ladies that do retreats. Um, so I'm thinking those are great connections too, bringing, bringing oh. that, the fun healing aspect to adult women um, play, you know, the play aspect, the, the body awareness aspect, the healing aspect would be kind of cool to do some, some focus in that area. Can yeah. Be- like, so the twerking actually helps heal the root chakra. Uh, the root is connected to your creativity and your stability and it literally moves energy through the root. It's so incredibly powerful. Yeah. Well, it's been enlightening talking to you and I appreciate you sharing all of this. And um, I encourage everybody to reach out, have a conversation with you and definitely, um, see how we can incorporate this into our lives to bring more awareness and more prevention to bodily integrity. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And we will see you on the other one.